to do that before I forget. But yeah, with, with truth being truth, like it, it is and it has been and it will always be, right? So it really couldn't be, you know, like um, Joseph Smith's theology and then this person's theology and this person's theology, because if it all is truth based on truth and truth is truth and it doesn't really belong to anyone in particular right mm -hmm. yeah so, so theology as a whole like all known revealed truth being one great whole yeah um so that first uh, sentence there that it is a revealed science um like what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about high school science like what what did you do in high school science what did, how do you approach science and and what is it like I remember going back and I was like <laughs> do you want me to remember back that far but um I remember having to memorize endless endless laws and endless equations of things <laughs> and uh thinking this is all so stupid but yet a lot of those things have like stuck with me throughout the years, right? But um, having a science being a uh, a topic of you know how how things work, how the world works, what things are constant, what things are changing, uh, what things can be added together to create new things. That there's um, anyway, just just science, right? And here it says, what is theology? It is that revealed science. So when God reveals part of his grand scheme to us, he often does it in, in, in parts, right? Uh, looking at like President Nelson, uh, being a, a medical professional, uh, he's there on the operating table, not on the operating, in the operating room, uh, and is receiving revelation on here's the divine law of how to fix this heart. Here's the things that you need to do and um, how it all works kind of a thing and how that, that flows to him versus, you know, Nephi or Isaiah or, or any of the other prophets, they might not have been heart surgeons. And so it's kind of the, I, I think tend to think of it as like the six blind men of Indostan, right? They're all, uh, one's got the trunk, one's got the tusks, one's got the, the legs. It's all one big elephant. It's all one big gospel, but yet different perspectives uh, coming through and um, testifying of, of certain things. You know, Isaiah uh, wrote about the beginning from the end versus Nephi, who's commanded to stop writing, that that's going to be given to John. Um, but they they all have certain parts of the the great scheme of things um, that they are testifying of, that they've had experience with. Um, but yeah, it, it's a very interesting kind of thought process on theology being a revealed science, because we often think that science and, and faith don't, <laughs> don't mix, right? Especially in our, our current culture or political realm how important that is to to look at theology as a revealed science has just been very impactful to me this this last week uh, looking at it uh, yeah leslie 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me. As you've been talking about, um, what's that book about the, the physics of light? Uh-huh, the spiritual physics of light. Yeah, yeah. And I've been, um, so a friend of mine has, is, she just sees life through a scientific mind and and um she shared with me uh, uh, online a a um the thunderbolts project i think one of the the uh, something about light on there and i was watching it and it was talking about a man at the uh, in the 19th century excuse me i'm gonna cough <laughs> He was a scientist or something, Alexander Gervich. Anybody heard of him? Um, anyway, he did a, a science experiment with onions. And so he um, got two onions and he made sure he got all of the root. And he's, and at that very end of the root is where there is the greatest, um, the greatest cellular, cellular um regeneration or the, the greatest power for um, cell reproduction and growth. <clears throat> so what he did was he took the first, the, the first onion, he took the tip of it, he touched the tip of the, the, the onion's root tip to the middle of the root of the other onion. And where he touched that, the mitosis was greater, it, it, it multiplied exponentially. And um, I thought of that in terms of um, faith and spiritual growth and how um, the Lord has given us light through the scriptures, through um, inspired words from our prophets and the Holy Ghost and um, there's lots of means where we can we can receive that. Anyway, um, you know we pray. Um, I believe, Lord, help mine unbelief. Well, He's given us these through the scriptures and inspired words and and whatnot. The um, that power in that tip of that root, and it's up to us to take it and touch it to the parts within ourselves that we can be all of it that we really need to grow and um it's true it it really works and so i've been focusing on on faith and and some healing in my heart and stuff and i thought how good god is that he shows uh, through all different sorts of avenues but science i think is key to showing um the truth in that and and how the lord has designed us to be able to to heal and to grow mm -hmm. yeah i love that because uh, everything we have is from god right and and yet uh many times we try to to divvy it out and try to prove it only by the the natural means and, and take god out of it kind of thing but man it, it's just amazing how how the lord is so generous with us in in all of the inner workings of of science and revealed things there. Yeah. Yeah, Rossan. 
Um, you're asking about theology, but I'm still um, blown away by just the lecture itself. I haven't even <laughs> thought about the questions. So um, I'm also listening. So we're on a road trip. I'm actually um, nine miles from Adam on Diamond. We're going to go see Adam on Diamond tomorrow in Independence and Liberty Jail. And we left Monday. So we've been traveling across um, the United States. And um, while we've been traveling, I've been listening to Gerald Lund's Fishers of Men series. And, and then this lecture, there's so many things in this. I'm going to have to read this numerous times. Um, but, you know, the book... I, for those, I don't know if you all know about that series, but it's a fictional family that know Christ while he's, you know, on the earth. And um, one of the main characters is one of the shepherds that went to the manger, that saw the, the angel and went to the manger. But And so they see, personally see Christ perform most of the miracles that we read about in the new testament and i just love how gerald lund just sucks you into the characters and you just love them like like you know them personally and he's so good at um making you feel like you're part of the story and so i've loved listening to that while we've been driving and then i read this lecture and there's this you know, number 16, it is the principle by which Jehovah works and through which he exercises power over all temporal as well as eternal things. So I think about that and these miracles he performed. And it's, and then I think about Star Wars, like the force, like he just knows, he, he has so much faith that he has power over these things. And it's with, by faith, this is, a, you know, the principle of action in all intelligent beings, it's faith and faith only, which is number 10, faith and faith only, which is the moving cause of all action in them. Anyway, I've just been struck by listening to that and reading through this lecture. I think I've read through it a couple of times and still just get struck by so much of it. And then Kathy mentioned, was it last week, how she had already read it and she felt like it was um, the, uh, I guess, the prophet, the revealed version of the secret. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> and from that perspective, reading it, I, I'm still just really trying to take that all that in and just read it. We, do, we don't do anything except with faith. I mean, to just think about it that way and that the only reason we do anything is because we believe that something will happen. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm still mind blown by it and I'm loving it and tying it in with this these books I'm listening to and these characters seeing these miracles that christ it, it's it's just mind-blowing to me right now mm -hmm. how he understands how to use faith 
to bring about these things that we can't even begin to I don't know I'm I'm just kind of mind blown by it but mm-hmm. anyway those are my ramblings tonight I love it like how many people think that that there's not any more to faith you know like yeah faith you know it's just the thing that we always talk about or whatever but like <laughs> like like you said it's still mind-blowing like I'm still discovering so many new facets to it every time that I, I read lectures or um you know with with God's tutoring you know all these things that he's thrown at me at, at, at this specific time uh, it's just been amazing mm-hmm. yeah. something as simple as faith can still blow me away <laughs> I read yeah. through I read through them several times and and while I was studying I listened to um BYU, the BYU uh, studies, BYU religious studies, they had a a podcast or, you know, a video on YouTube, a bunch of the professors were discussing them. And Ross Ann said, reminded me of something that they had said on there. They, one of the professors had said, well, what you should do is read through them 20 times and then you can start studying them. <laughs> and I thought, boy, is that true? I mean, I read, probably read through them four times, but I feel like I've just um, gotten the tip of the iceberg on it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, when so- I first go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I was just agreeing with you when I first looked at, oh, there's only a few pages. Okay. What? No big deal. But it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. This is, um, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's so fun. And I, I loved how you said that it was the prophet's version of the secret, because that is <laughs> definitely what I got from it too. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that is, I mean, look at the last paragraph um 24 faith then is the first great governing principle which has power dominion and authority over all things by it they exist so all things exist because of faith everything and if they are upheld by it they are changed by it they remain so (laughs) everything is here it's changed it remains um, but it's all agreeably to the will of God. And I love that mm-hmm. line in there that it all has to be according to the will of God. So without yeah. it, there's no power. Without power, there could be no creation nor existence. So, so I mean, wow. Yeah. So that's deep. the one thing. <laughs> yes. That's the one thing that bothers me about the secret is that there's not this deference or understanding of the will of God as part of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, you can make all the vision boards you want, but it's not, it's not agreeable with the will of God. It's, he's the one that provides it all. And I know as, as Christ was performing all these miracles, he always did it. I believe he always checked in first is this what thou would have me do? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that's why everything... it's the prophet version. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, yeah, 
God, prophet and God's version of, hey, if yeah. you want, if you want to understand how to really create what you, what you want, then this is, this is it. <laughs> and not even, not even just that, that's way simplified because it's not just what you want. It's what I want for you that you also want, you know, it's, Mm-hmm. much more than just what you want yeah it's what he wants yeah that we should want too right yes yes yeah i love that um uh, i forget which one i think it was cindy uh saying how you can study it 20 times and then start getting into it it reminds me of bednar's reservoir of living water i was just reading that today by coincidence that, that, that you kind of bring that up but um he talks about like the three different levels of of letting water into your life right the first is to study it from from front to back and he's like that's great but it's only going to give you drops right and so like that's how uh i feel like my first 20 times through it's like okay I'm getting it. I'm starting to get there and stuff. But then the second level of uh, releasing the, the the living water or drawing it, I guess, is to um, study for by topic. And then the third and most important level is to eventually get to the point where you're studying for connections, patterns, and themes. And and it's interesting with lectures on faith this go around. It's like we're kind of almost doing all three at the same time. Like I'm reading it front to back, but I'm also uh, kind of studying it topically and trying to find connections and patterns and themes. And it's like, it's kind of the fire hose. It's it's like that living water is just like rushing in, but uh, amazing with like the secret. Cause I had to look that up last week after you guys mentioned it. I was like, I don't know what is the secret. It's a secret. Apparently I don't know. About <laughs> You're too young. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea. I feel like it just hit the hit the uh, mainstream like a couple of years ago. Am I wrong? Like it was probably what, 15 years ago. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, it's interesting just kind of looking at that and all these connections and patterns and themes with with the world around us, right? Like there's other people studying the same stuff, but we're all coming at it from different angles. And anyway, it's just so interesting. Uh Taking a look at all that. Um, there's something else I had along there. Oh, in like group A and B, I was showing like some Joe Dispenza stuff on uh, uh, accessing the, the brain and meditation and stuff. But um, it's just interesting how everything is all coming together so wonderfully. I don't know. Like <laughs> the Lord's just trying to cram it all in there like you're ready to come to me i am so ready to come to you and i'm ready to blow you away Uh, there's uh, an immense amount of of love and trust with with the lord's tutoring there um so along those lines of you know like everything is is from the lord like we from the Lord through faith. I'm sorry, I didn't finish my statement there. But um, anyway, verse 11 uh, here, it's it's a long one, but looking at all of these questions that that is being that are being posed, right? Like starting 
kind of midway, are you not dependent on your faith or belief for the acquisition of all knowledge, wisdom, and intelligence? So would you exert yourselves to obtain wisdom and intelligence unless you did believe that you could obtain them? Would you have ever sown if you had not believed that you would reap? Would you have ever planted if you had not believed that you would gather? Would you have ever asked unless you had believed that you would receive? Would you have ever sought unless you had believed that you would have found? Or would you have ever knocked unless you had believed that it would have been open unto you? In a word, is there anything that you would have done, either physical or mental, if you had not previously believed? And so I love, you know, kind of uh, one of those middle questions there. Would you have ever asked unless you had believed that you would receive? And, and look at, at Joseph Smith, you know. Uh, the first vision and the the journey to that so he is is surrounded by a family who is is religious and he's studying the scriptures and he has principles of faith in that okay what i'm reading uh, there's some some truth here and i'm going to go now put it into action and see if it's true for myself and so kind of just that interesting pattern of why do we do the things that we do? And it all goes back to the faith in the first place. And um, whether it's uh, watching our, our parents or family, or whether it's reading the scriptures, and how that principle of faith, if we learn to put it in action properly in our lives, you know, through the Lord's will, it, it's a, a principle of, of power. Uh, anyway, it was just unlocking for me in, in lots of, of fun ways here of asking myself, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Like, um, is it in 12, I think? He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. I, I, I was just asking myself, why did I get baptized when I did? Like, what motivated that? Was it just, I don't know, it's what everybody does. And so as a kid, you just kind of go along with it or... I don't know, I had to kind of go back in time and like, hmm, why did I get baptized? And how did faith play into that decision? And it's just been this huge introspective journey, uh, going through many different things throughout the week. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? I don't know that when you go back and, and analyze, kind of based on this pattern that 11 provides, it really is all faith, and it was, it's been there all along. I just didn't have the words or uh, the connections to to put it into context. But That's interesting that you talk about that. Um, I never thought about it in that way before, and it just it made me think about um, when I was baptized and, and why I was baptized, and I thought, um, you know, I was eight years old, and and I think I got baptized because it was the thing to do and because my mom and dad encouraged me to do it. And so I thought that didn't take faith. But then I thought, well, yeah, it did take faith to do that because, I mean, even though I was not, I mean, I did choose, but relying more on the faith of my parents mm -hmm. um, rather than what I'm trying to get at is there's so many different levels of faith, you mm -hmm. know, and when we get baptized or even when we very first go to the temple, 
or whatever we do, you know, we, we could have one level of faith. And then as we learn and grow, you know, we have, we get to different levels of faith and, and higher levels of faith. And, and I just think that, that as we get to higher levels of faith, that it can really affect the decisions that we make in such a profound way, in a positive way, you know, as, as we realize why we're doing things and the power that faith has in that and the, the, you know, the role that faith has in that. So I, that's just really interesting that you, I never thought about it like that before. Mm-hmm. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to be a fun journey. Like just keep pondering all of these questions. And, you know, uh, one thing that I've been asking is like, Heavenly Father, please unlock my brain and help me just remember the past so that I can like have it pop up. And so that I can work through it. So like, okay, why did I do that? What, what motivated that? And it's so interesting to go through and be kind of an observer of your own life and just ask these questions over and over and, and realize that faith's been there all along. It's been such a fun journey. Yeah. Yeah. Leslie. I kept, I couldn't decide whether or not to say I know. I think it kept going. Oh, golly. Um, as reading this week's come follow me about Job and how when I was a child not in the church um you know Job 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 was the like the supreme example of patience and accepting the Lord's will and then when I actually um read it a while a while ago I thought oh it's not exactly as you know he he really questions God and then I realized this week as I was studying it again that that is still an ex that's a form of faith that he is exercising that he is trusting that God is there and is well he doesn't really answer his questions directly God doesn't but um he does and he doesn't. And so um, I realized that sometimes when I haven't, I've wanted to try to be like the Job that is um, painted around, you know, the around it, around Job of being, um, and, and maybe, maybe this is, I'm not seeing it correctly, but that's how it seems to me that there's um there's two types of faith that he did trust god but he also really questioned god and he didn't like what was happening and yet that's still a form of faith and for so i've learned this week to not be afraid of my that it's okay to to question god and to ask and to delve into um you know, to go to that place because, um, I mean, God revealed himself to Job and he, he, he wasn't, um, he didn't side with Job's friends. He, it all turned out well. And so to, to just exercise that faith and, and 
go through the messy stuff and not and not be afraid so mm-hmm. yeah i love that because i think that there are many examples throughout all scriptures where these prophets i mean because they're there's lots of there's prophets there's kings there's a, a, a gamut of different people but um like the prophets that they're just normal people right they're <laughs> it, it's showing us that we can can follow the same patterns and and come to him but um like uh, in our in-person class this is what keeps coming to mind for some reason but um we were talking about like eve and her descent right like she chose to partake and and um introduce that she chose the the fall and and that's an act of faith right because i love how how the temple portrays it right in these uh, more modern films where you know she's she's looking to the lord she's not just you know only communicating with with satan who's who's trying to get her to partake but she's like is there any other way and it's all about questions right because she had never asked that question yet but she received an answer there isn't any other way and so oh then i then i will partake whatever heavenly download and insight that she gained throughout that interaction in, in real life but um it's interesting the role of questions in our faith process i i think are super key and crucial to how we we process the the faith and power that we are receiving um and and acting upon because uh, you know many different prophets throughout scripture uh some of them murmur some of them just have questions some of them don't understand the full scope of what they're going through um uh like ezra's if you uh, have read that apocryphal work um his in his whole interaction with with uriel is is quite amazing i mean he is like <laughs> straight up going why why are you doing this i don't get it and yet that's an act of faith faith in order to ask a heavenly messenger or deity questions believing that you will get answers like just the question and answer process is an act of faith and uh, how that can tie into our prayers and our temple service and you know just our our sabbath worship etc but um anyway just everything is this principle of faith and uh i love that uh, uh the plight of job that, that you brought up there like i'm just seeing things in so much new light that that i hadn't before um because i mean we're just here as as pilgrims and and sojourners right that we're not supposed to understand everything right off the bat or else there wouldn't be any need for agency and, and faith and in our exercise of it so it's quite i don't know quite amazing how it all works and how the plan is is a revealed science in in that way um kind of a, along that line going to to verse 17 um the the very last sentence there this is the testimony of all the sacred writers this is their purpose that's why they wrote things down and the lesson which they have been endeavoring to teach man every time that someone pierces the veil has interactions with god and and figures out the secret <laughs> it, it they have one mission after that and that 
is to write it down and try to get other people to to believe on their testimony of it so that you can also receive the same blessings. God's no respecter of persons, whether it's kings or prophets or or just lowly missionaries. He it's a revealed science and it's all the same elephant. We all come about it at different ways and, and according to the Lord's will, but the testimony of all the sacred writers is is for us to get there and uh, and have a relationship with God. Anyway, it's just it's just mind blowing. <laughs> Any other? Oh, I forgot to read uh, Rossan's comment here. So, uh, like it says in verse ten, it is faith and faith only which is the moving cause of all action in them. So yes. You had faith to get baptized at eight. You were acting upon principles of faith, even that young. So yeah, any other comments or brainstorms that uh, you're having? It just makes me think about, um, you know, yeah, we have faith to get baptized when we're eight and we don't even realize it, right? You don't realize you have faith. So now we're learning about faith and how different will our lives be now when we realize that everything we do is based on faith? How mm. is that going to change things for us? You know, yeah, it's something to think about anyway. Yeah. And how do we make that more of a conscious effort or, you know, like that we're more aware of of the faith and and how it's being yeah how does that unlock time for us as well because i think that that was uh, a huge thing <laughs> i'm always going to be bringing up arrival i guess but um <laughs> seriously just accessing time through faith and and how, how it, it's been there all along and once we realize it how do we now become conscious in the present moment because um, like I, I shared with Joe Dispenza, he's he's talking about like the past is known, the future is actually known as well. If you're doing the same things that provide the same results, and so the only thing that is currently yours, which is unknown, is the present. And so if you are just on autopilot, you're never in a, a mode to actually change anything and and in order to actually act on faith you have to be present in order to change the future or else it's just going to be a, a computer process that happens i don't know i didn't describe that very well but um Anyway, Joe Dispenza's book on becoming supernatural is huge <laughs> in whatever my brain's trying to put into words there. Well, Cameron, what makes me think I've been reading a lot about the unconscious and the conscious mind, and it says we only use 10 10% 10 of our conscious mind. Most of us, like you say, autopilot, 90% of it is unconscious. We go back to habits and things we just do all the time. Yeah. So I think the faith is to be more conscious of what decisions we're making and trusting in the Lord. And, um, you know, I think that's, it's making conscious decisions, mm -hmm. not just going through a rote 
things that we do every day, which we do because there's so many things that are mundane that we do have to do. And we just kind of do those unconsciously. Like we drive, we get up and brush our teeth, we have breakfast, all those kind of, mm-hmm. you know. And so I don't know. Yeah, I like Joe Dispenza. I haven't read much of his stuff or listened to much, but I've listened to some and it's mind blowing stuff. Yeah. I, I was led to to watch his series on the, the the channel is called Gaia G A I A or whatever. It, it it's out of my realm of normalcy, <laughs> to to say the least. But I've been watching his stuff, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, there's there's so much um, true breadcrumbs, <laughs> all of that that uh, has really been opening up uh, things for me. We just don't use half of our capacity of our brains, yeah, <laughs> including faith. <laughs> yeah, and and learning how to be intelligent beings that are present and and doing that, um, like it says in like verse ten, um, without it, both mind and body would be in a state of inactivity. We'd just be zombies. We're on autopilot. We're, you know, our we just kind of wire our brains and then just take a step back and just let it go kind of a thing and uh it's all about harnessing that taking control of our lives and acting on faith to provide outcomes that that are better kind of thing anyway it it reminds me of the concept of um our spirits having control over our bodies yeah which i think is such I've really kind of delved into that lately and, and studied a little bit about that and the importance of, of our spirits taking control of what our bodies do, not just like eating and word of wisdom, but everything with um, what we say, what we do, um, you know, our actions, how we serve, everything, because our natural man comes into play in all of those things. And, you know, we can let our spirit take control over those, those bodily things that, that don't want us to succeed in life, you know, the natural man or succeed spiritually, you know, so that it just reminds me of that. And, and, you know, what, you talked about meditation in the last class on Sunday and, and how that's such an, I think that's a powerful tool to be able to harness um, the spirit being able to control the body and, and how, you know, the importance of that. And we're told that it's, that that's important to do. So. Yeah. So the the first part of verse 10 there, uh, this one, I don't know, it was just this last week because I've read lectures a number of times, but verse 10 really stood out to me about the the power of meditation and and taking control of that. says, if men were duly or properly to consider themselves and turn their thoughts and reflections to the operations of their own minds, like seriously, what is Joseph Smith saying there? Um, And anyway because sometimes we can just like read words and especially if they're kind of put together in a old-fashioned way just kind of skim over them but as i was reading that okay so if we are to truly consider ourselves gotcha 
and turn their thoughts and reflections to the operations of their own minds. Like this is like 1830s, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about uh, reflecting on the operations of our own minds. They would readily discover that it is faith and faith only, which is the moving cause of all action in them. And so, I don't know, I was just blown away by that because I had just watched uh, the, the one episode of, of Joe Dispenza's thing where he says it in almost those exact same words. And I was like, oh, so we're talking about like meditation and like spirit controlling the body, like being in the driver's seat rather than just like, yeah, I'm here giving life to the body, but like I'm not in control. So actually turning and having control of our thoughts and, and things so that we can properly apply faith in order to receive results, receive power. As we've learned throughout lecture first, that it's not only a principle of action, but of power also. And, and how President Nelson has been teaching that all along, right? I mean, I all have, but um, yeah, the price of priesthood power or... Uh, any of any of his talks <laughs> look at any of them studying divine laws how they work how they operate the the revealed science of them and then how to access power we need to hear him and and learn how the pattern works throughout all the the prophets of old and then learn how it works for you personally and obey those things so that you can also have power um we're not meant to just be zombie creatures on earth just hoping that we can make it into the telestial kingdom on on a prayer he wants us to return to his presence and and that requires faith action and power like anyway <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i think when when we think about um i was just thinking about this when you were talking um that when when we're trying to have our spirits can take control of our body that it has to be deliberate. I mean, because, because of the natural man, because if, if we just go along doing anything we please and not even thinking about it, then, then we're letting the natural man take over. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in order for our spirits to have control over our body, it has to be deliberate, has to be done consciously and it has to be done by faith, right? Because yeah. all things, especially spiritual things like that are done by faith. So I don't know, that just that concept just kind of jumped out at me when you were talking that it has to be deliberate and it has to be by faith. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. It has to be a conscious effort on our part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just conscious read something the other day, it was interesting. They were talking about courage and I think to have faith, you have to have courage to have faith. You know, you can't just be complacent. And that's what he said. What's the opposite of courage? It's not fear. He said it's complacency. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. It just made me stop and think a little bit. So, I mean, I think that's the opposite of faith too. It's just to be complacent that things are just fine and they're okay. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna make the effort to believe something or put something into action. Mm -hmm. um, I see that in a lot of people. I said people, the other thing I was reading there that said people are mostly mirrors of society. 
they just follow along with society. They don't reach out and um, do things that take courage and faith to do it. They just follow along with what everybody else is doing because it's easier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that's just so interesting. Yeah. I see that all around. And, you know, like I find myself in, in those cycles too. And the more and more studying, trying to be an agent of, of change with my, my own self taking charge of it. Hmm. I love that. Um, so in the chat, Tracy said, what do you think of the meditations by Ali Gisette? She put out a bunch the, the past couple of weeks. I haven't watched those. Like I love Ali Gisette. Uh, I've taken quite a few of her classes and stuff, but I haven't watched those meditations of anybody else. Um, seen those or, or anything i'm guessing there's seen, guided meditations or something yeah i've seen that she's had some on there but i haven't had time to watch them yet so i don't know <laughs> i have done her meditations before they're awesome and i have oh i'm only like on day three because i didn't get the memo that it was starting 10 days ago of course <laughs> i'm always a day late and a dollar short but yeah, I love them. And don't, if you try them, don't let it, don't let it scare you. Like listen to her intro first, because all the words that you use have good meaning. Now my husband thinks I'm wacky sitting in bed with something on my head, <laughs> singing. but I really, really like them. And I've done her, I've done like a, I think it was a two week meditation that was almost exactly the same and i really really loved it so i think it's awesome so yeah i think she comes from a place that you can trust you know some guided yeah. meditations i'm like i don't necessarily trust it but i would i would think that alice you could trust yeah and she has such a beautiful voice and then she explains what all the words mean so you don't get but i did send it to a friend and she was like thought i was wacko so you do kind of have to i'm pretty much used to people thinking i walk on alex like a normal being part of me so <laughs> fine i keep sharing and some people like and some people don't but i think it's for the up and up mm -hmm. yeah i love that yeah i'll have to check those out um because this is just like a tangent story or whatever and i'm not probably not going to go into the full thing but anyway um was it last night? No, two nights ago. Everything's blending together. Two nights ago, just like a really strong spiritual attack, uh, evil entities or whatever. And I was having a hard time really casting out really good and effectively. But yet, um, uh, there was a few little things that I was hinging on and uh, for, for the Lord to reveal things to me to help me out and stuff. And uh, one of them was to go to a specific place and watch a specific guided meditation, which I have never done before. I mean, that's new territory for me, right? Anyway, I, I went to this one specific guided meditation and I tell you what, it was like the best thing that I could have had in that moment in order to get out of my, I just call it a zombie mode, like autopilot, whatever you want to call, and really subject my body to my spirit and say, hey, this that you've been doing all day is not okay or proper or whatever. Like we need to, to ground properly and focus. And anyway, it was like the best guided meditation 
that I've ever done as the only one I've ever done. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm super excited to just kind of start, you know, taking time with the Lord to write my story, right? Like take control of, of who's authoring this. And, and I think that that's a, just a huge principle that's really stuck out to me here with lecture first. Um, the, the power of us as, as children of God, creations, um, or let's see, yeah, creations uh, on a higher plane that have agency, uh, where we can choose for ourselves what we want to do and, and become um, powerful principles, I think. But how meditation, I never thought I'd be a wacko that watches sci-fi movies and <laughs> listens to guided <laughs> meditations. But the Lord loves to make me uncomfortable, right? Put me on different paths. <laughs> yeah, mother. I was just thinking as you're talking about connecting with your spirit. I mean, our spirit is very old. It's been around a long time. Our bodies, you know, we think we're old, but nothing compared to our spirits. And getting around the block a little bit, that we've got a lot we can learn from our spirits. That, um, and really, other than Christ and Heavenly Father, who knows us better than our spirit? Wow. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I love it. Um, I think some spirits are older than others, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm an old, cranky spirit. <laughs> and, and you think, oh, they, their spirit is so mature, you know? Even, even people that are younger than me, I feel like I feel like their spirit is older than my spirit. Like, I feel like I have, like, a really young spirit. Like, I don't know much. <laughs> And then other people I look at and I think, oh, wow, they're, they're so wise and they, they have such a, an old, wise spirit, you know, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah, makes <laughs> yeah. me wonder <laughs> yeah. how long each, each of us have really been around. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so the sharing, I'm, I'm guessing that was in response to my thing. Um, so not that I'm advocating people go and get a subscription to this, but um, Gaia.com is just kind of where I'm being led. And the one that um, I was listening to was this one from Jeremy Wolf called Peaceful Sleep Audio Meditation for 30 Minutes. Um, anyway, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know how else to access it. I don't know if Jeremy Wolf has his stuff anywhere else or anything, but that's where mine was. It was just so random. <laughs> um, Cameron, I have one thing to tell you. All right. You're, the nerd scale on yours started when you started hanging out with old women <laughs> online <laughs> two years ago. And we all love you and we don't care. It seems nerdy. We loved it. <laughs> I just have to tease you. I have become <laughs> such a huge nerd. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like in the pattern of just like prophets, you know, being uncomfortable of like 
um, Enoch, uh, and wasn't it Moses as well, being like slow of speech or whatever? And you're like, what good can I possibly do? That's how I feel like 100% of the time. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't even form coherent thoughts most of the time. I'm starting to become like a huge nerd. Like, all right, whatever. It just it's par for the course. <laughs> um, there's something that keeps coming to mind um, as we've been talking about. Well, I think it was Elle. She was talking about um, how much our brain, are, are, you know, being conscious and how much of our brain we actually use instead of being on autopilot. Years ago, when the secret was a big thing, <laughs> um, everybody was talking about it, and I read a, a lot about it and studied a lot about it. And anyway, um, the thing that keeps coming to mind, and I don't know where I read this or who. I learned it from but and it may have been um a book that was written in 1910 I'll have to try to remember I read it a few times um but I'll have to try to remember what the title was but anyway it may have been in that book but he talks about um having basically taking that control being conscious about what you want and now we add in using faith in your life in that on those higher levels those higher planes mm -hmm. um i'm adding that into this i'm paraphrasing but that's what i'm adding into it is the hardest work in the world mm. that being conscious about what you're thinking and not just letting the stream of thoughts go through and not paying attention and not being purposeful in your life. Um, just doing whatever the world's doing. I think Elle mentioned that. Um, but being conscious and purposeful. And now as we're adding faith to it, understanding and using faith in a more, the only thing I can think of is higher level is the, is very it's the hardest work <laughs> yeah. um I mean I I've on, I've known this stuff for a long time now um studied a lot I don't know if you've ever heard of Leslie Householder I took her anyway all kinds of stuff but um it is the mo it is so challenging you can do it for a short time but to maintain it to stay on that path and and not just go to autopilot especially now that we have things we have so many distractions that keep us from being purposeful social media you know computers in our pockets <laughs> um computer devices everywhere um so many distractions it takes a very purposeful conscious effort to not fall into the autopilot trap um and it, it is that that's one of the things that makes christ so amazing is that he did not he was always purposeful conscious aware he understood faith completely obviously right um 
Yeah, Ilda says the law of dominant thought. Yeah, you know, what are you going to let control your mind? What is it that you're going to allow? Are you just going to let it, the mainstream of media just take you down whatever river they're going, they're currently going down? Or are you going to be a nerd and look for things that might be off the beaten path that might lead you toward better and higher things and a higher level of consciousness anyway that that thought kept coming to my mind that it is the hardest work (laughs) to control your mind yeah and your thoughts yeah that's exactly where i've been reading rossanne his stuff about mind and and Mm. i don't know if i can find the one book but it was it was talking about um there's like six words to be able to they said that controls your life and it's um i'm trying to think what it was called now i have so many books um oh i and it was basically it was earl maybe the book you were thinking was earl nightingale was that who you're thinking of no um it starts with a w the author i'm gonna try to i'm gonna was it a lady or a man it's a man okay I mean, I read the book like three times, but it was 15 years ago, maybe. So, is it, hmm? is it Swedenborg? No, okay. I don't know that one. I'm going to try to see if I can find. Trying to find this simple six letter thing. It just says what you, I think it's what it is. It, it was basically what you think about is uh, what dominates your thought or what you think about most is what you become. I mean, that's what, whatever you focus on is what happens. Yeah. So, you know, yes, if yes. we allow our minds to wander or float or just let the world control our minds, I think it takes faith. And, you know, a belief to control it and start, you know, focusing on things. Otherwise, we just like Cameron says, we're on autopilot. We just let the world take us here and there and everywhere. And I think it's, you know, it makes, reminds me of what Elder Bednar always talks about. It was a word to act, not be acted upon. So, I mean, we're, we're the captains of our own ship and we have to guide it and steer it with Christ's help um yes yeah exactly yeah yes steering the ship is (laughs) is the work yeah that's not easy (laughs) it's the strangest secret Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's the name of the nightingale yeah Okay, you said Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret? Uh-huh. I'm just typing that in so I have it for later. I think they made into a book. There's an audio of it you can listen to on YouTube. So there was a secret before the secret? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. many. There, a long secret, time before the secret. The secret was just a mainstream movie that taught these principles. Yeah that not very many people <sighs> wait the secret is a it. movie i thought it was like i would was looking there's up the a movie well there's a book. yeah there was a video oh. right 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they made a movie out of it. Yeah, yeah I have the movie. I a guy in my ward gave it to me years and years and years ago. It's still so, in my DVD. Because I still haven't, like, I've read about it, but I haven't, like, actually got anything. Would you recommend the book or the movie? Or is it, like, kind of a tandem thing? You can watch I've never it. read the book. Yeah. It's all the same. Okay. Um, the Science of Getting Rich. It was written by Wallace Waddles in 1910. Yeah. And I have that basically, book. yeah. So that's the book that I, yeah. I didn't buy it. He wrote in oh, 1910. Yes. Forgotten that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lady that wrote one called The Game of Life, too, which is just about, it's mostly about controlling your mind and mm-hmm. what you believe you become, what you think yes. constantly is what you become. So if you think negatively, negative things are going to happen if you think positive things you know that's faith mm-hmm. you know the strangest <laughs> secret was written in 2019 i mean not 2019 never mind i'm reading it wrong okay you take it all back <laughs> <laughs> yeah the science of getting rich yep Very rich. okay here's a, here's a link to wikipedia wikipedia he wrote a bunch of stuff okay success starts here yeah it's a really interesting book time (laughs) watch party watch party on the secret if there's as much in that as there is in arrival then we might have to no there's a lot there's a lot to it um there's a lot to it that's why i read the science of getting rich it's it's about focusing your mind on what you want mm-hmm. and, and just staying focused on that and being very clear about it. And, and you also have to add emotion. Mm-hmm. So emotion and em- anyway, there's a lot. I could go on and on, but it's late, so I'm not going to. <laughs> It'll give me lots of rabbit holes for the week. (laughs) Well, it takes me right back to repentance, you know, where it says it's a fresh view of the world. A view is a change of mind, you know, a fresh perspective. So it's how we see things, you know, it goes right back to our brain and how we process information and see things. And whether we see the world, I was somewhere I read a long time ago, it says, how do we see the world? Do we see it as a benevolent good place or do we see it as a evil, wicked, you know, place? It depends on our perspective of how we see life and the world. And mm-hmm. it's going to color your attitude by how you see the world. Mm-hmm. So, and we're supposed to trust God and believe good things, you know, if we obey and we follow him, that good things can happen you know, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> unless we're try- he's trying to teach us something and sometimes bad mm-hmm. things happen <laughs> <laughs> to teach us lessons. That... <laughs> um, well, anything else on the, the lectures themselves? Uh, next week, we have a uh, lecture two, which <laughs> this is like the biggest lecture. It, it's kind of mundane, but as I was recording the audio for it, 
like seriously, it's probably now my favorite lecture of all of them, <laughs> which is kind of a stretch. But anyway, all of the generations, like don't just skim past them. Like take some time to to ponder this week on why is lecture two so important in the context that they're giving here and why would um, they devote so much of their precious time to the genealogy. Um, anyway, it, next week's going to be really fun with, with lecture two, hopefully. Hopefully everybody's a nerd like me. <laughs> but um, Birds of a feather. Yeah. <laughs> you guys crack me. <laughs> the one thing I have to say that I keep telling myself through this whole like last two years and I think it is a faithful, I think it is a, a, a faith-provoking thought is whenever I hear something negative, like in the news or anything happening, I always just say to myself, oh, everybody's showing up and doing exactly their part. So this can all come <laughs> together. Instead of like looking at negatively go, oh, yep, they're showing up. Everybody's, you know, right on time, right on the beat. And I actually, I feel like that's a faithful way to look at Instead of like looking at the gloom and doom, just go, oh yeah, yep, this is what is supposed to happen. Yeah. And I actually get peace out of it. I don't feel scared. I think that's one way we can show faith, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think very much so. All right, well, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, I never know where it's going to go. Like lectures on faith, like anybody else watching yeah, it, they're going to be like, wow, that's not what I got out of it. But <laughs> I love all of the, the different ideas and, and comments thrown around. Can't but, uh, wait to hear your, about your rabbit hole next week. <laughs> yep. Earl Nightingale recorded that originally in 1956. 56, mm -hmm. okay. Earl Nightingale, the stranger secret. Yeah, I'm gonna have to keep looking that up. I got lots of fun things in the comments there. <laughs> lots of rabbit holes. Love that. All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. We'll we'll see you next uh, Wednesday, and then just remember that we'll we'll be off for Education Week. So, um, yeah. Anyway, have a great week. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. Good night. Bye.